I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you answer that because question? the question you is, the question is, the question left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? Gentlemen, I think this is so unprecedented. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on. This pod is dropping on the same day as the U.S. presidential election. And if you're like me, your prevailing thought might be, God, I can't wait for this to be over. Except, no matter the outcome, nothing is really over. We're still in the middle of a global health crisis, an economic downturn, a long overdue reckoning on race, and a massive shift in how we live and work. But the only difference is that, depending on who you support, some of you might be slightly less stressed after the election than you were before. Which is why our guest on this podcast says it's essential that companies and their leaders intensify their efforts to support mental wellness in the workplace. That guest is Stephen Liptrap, president and CEO of Morneau Chappelle, one of the largest providers of employee health management in North America. He says that although we may be talking less about wellness than we might have in the early days of the pandemic, that doesn't mean the challenges around wellness have gone away. Quite the opposite, in fact. Stephen Liptrap will explain further when he joins us at The Nexus. The Nexus, a place where people converge and connect. On this podcast, we look at the things that are changing the way all of us do our jobs. We're going to take a quick peek into the minds of those people who are helping us change. Scientists, HR leaders, and experts in human performance. I'm Chris Nelson. Stephen, I think the most obvious place to start is to ask, how is your mental health these days? I'm actually doing well, even though I must admit I've gone from spending my life traveling 30 to 50% of my time to zero. Uh, but there are <laughs> pros and cons related to that. And we've been spending a lot of time helping our clients and trying to make a little bit of a difference in the world. So in the context of very odd times, to be able to give something back as an organization and make a difference is important. Right. In the early days of the pandemic, you saw a lot of news cycles that explored the topic of employee mental health during this crisis. Those seem to have diminished as other things have sort of moved to occupy our attention. But that does not mean the problem or the potential problem for employers is in any way diminished. Is that correct? Absolutely. And as one of the things that we started doing as an organization is start measuring mental health around the world. We started releasing our mental health index right as we moved into the pandemic based on three years of data. And what we found, this is what shocked me the most, was if you looked at before the pandemic hit and you looked at people that were the most anxious or depressed, so call it the worst 7% of the population that is now the average today so i'll pause on that if you think about it, the average of people across this country is now equal to the worst seven percent before the pandemic hit we are going to have this massive wave of mental health issues hit and as a country we need to make sure we're in front of that because that's going to have huge impacts on productivities and people's lives and as companies, the same thing as we try and figure out how do we keep employees engaged, focus on what matters. And that is a wave that's just coming at us. So we can't talk about this enough. What are the principal causes of anxiety for people at this time? I think there's some obvious ones. Are there less obvious ones that get your attention that we should focus on that we probably aren't focusing on right now? 
Yeah, and I'll start with, you know, people have different capacities to deal with things coming at them. Before the pandemic, I would say, if you had some issues that were making you feel anxious or depressed at work, that was one thing. If you had issues that had you feeling anxious or depressed in your home life, that was another. And where people usually got in trouble is when they had both of those things hit them at the same point in time. And I think that is the same in this. I think what is different is, first of all, people are home, so they're out less. We are social creatures and we need to be around other people. And it's really hard for those who are home alone. I think there is a lot of anxiousness around elderly people, be it parents, uncle, aunts, friends who may be in homes or we know are at significant higher risk. And you layer on top of that, we're in the middle of the Spanish flu, the Great Recession or the Depression, and the Civil Rights Movement. And that is all on top of people at the exact same time. And that has never happened in history before. Based on the data you've seen, are there groups who are doing worse than others? Some of the interesting things that strike out to us is women are having a harder time than men through this, which I think is interesting and is probably due to the fact that, you know, whether we like it or not, women have picked up more of the duties around the house and or more of the childcare or are maybe better um, at helping their kids through. Not to say all of them, but generally speaking, we do find that women have suffered more in this. We also find that, interestingly enough, people who have had their pay reduced are suffering more, even more so than those who have lost their jobs through this, which is interesting. We also know that people who work for organizations that have provided some support to their employees are doing much better than people who've worked for organizations that aren't providing that support for the employees. So some really interesting insights that have come out of the data that we've been sitting on. Where were companies on the subject of addressing employee mental health prior to the pandemic and where are they now and what do they need to do to catch up with the problem? Yeah, really good question. And I think we had made tremendous progress as a society in the 10 years leading up to the pandemic. Organizations were really also getting an understanding of what was happening in their population. We we're just starting to do tremendous work with organizations to open up resources for their employees. And that can be 24-7 chat, it can be providing things for people to read, it can be better organizations. We're all spending time realizing that this was an issue that needed addressing in the workplace and from a business standpoint, has significant productivity issues. Is there some part of you that looks at the pandemic and think, well, this has in some way destigmatized the discussion around employee mental health, and that's got to be a good thing? Yeah, I think it has. Because I think, and I go back to if the average is equal to the worst 7% before, I've heard so many people say, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm worried about the future. So I think the conversations that, let's call it the average person is having today, 
are areas that deal with mental health, whether they label it that or not. So I think it has destigmatized it. And I think we continue to move down that journey. Again, we still have a ways to go on destigmatizing it, but I do think we keep moving down that road and we keep moving down it in a good way. For those companies and leaders who perhaps are on the lower end of the curve in terms of their approach to mental health, what would you recommend that they do in order to get up on this problem? Yeah, I think there's some very simple things that organizations can do. I think the first one is be open with people, be transparent um, and acknowledge it. So acknowledge what they're going through. And I think there's tremendous value to business unit leader, a CEO or anybody in the C-suite getting in front of their employees and just acknowledging what they're going through. That has tremendous meaning. And that can be that they're trying to do things from home, that they're dealing with elderly parents, they're dealing with kids, anything like that. The second thing I would say is is ramp up communications. People in these times and in any bad times quite often will infer the worst. So I think the more we are open, the more we are communicating, the more we are telling people honestly what the situation is, is just so, so important. I think there's an opportunity to spend time and train managers in this. It's really important to create a check-in culture, which means managers need to be reaching out to their people and checking in on how they're doing. And I think they need to be checking in, not just on work, but how they're doing personally. There is a obligation for us to understand a little bit what people are going through in their home life and be a little bit sensitive to that because they are home alone. And if we can pick out people who are struggling a little bit earlier on, we can get support for them. And the other thing I would say is there are lots of different tools that people can provide to their employees on a confidential basis. And those can be employee and family assistance programs. Those can be web check-ins. Those can be peer supports and all of those type of things. You're reminding me of a comment Jeff Bezos made about a new concept, different and better than work-life balance that he referred to as work-life harmony. Now, my cynical brain perhaps thought that was a passive justification for claiming more off-hour time from his people so they could work, but that is now sort of sounding oddly prescient in light of what we're going through. Yeah, and I've heard uh, work-life integration and things like that, and I, I think it's all good. I do think you bring up a really good point, though, which is we've got to make sure that it doesn't, because, it doesn't tip too much one way. Deprocessing people? which the pandemic has sort of forced employers to do can help it be a good thing. It sort of in an odd way empowers them, makes them feel like they're more in control of their life. Would you say that's an unintended upside to a global crisis like this one? I think it is. Then even as I've been having video calls with people, the number of people I talk to happen to be working, and I would say working very hard, from locations that might have been up north and some people might have luxury of being in a cottage and some people might have been being with their parents or at their parents place in somewhere different but i think we all realize that it was okay to be wherever back to your point it was more about the work getting done with quality and on time rather than having to be locked down to an office or spending x hours commuting or something like that so i I do think there are some positive things coming out of this, and I hope that when we think about going back that we keep some of those positives 
I think it's good for people's mental health as well to be in different places and see different people and have an opportunity to bounce ideas off of each other. Are you an optimist generally, or do you feel optimistic about potential outcomes or the things that we learned from this pandemic? Yeah, so you are 100% correct. I'm definitely the glass half full person and tend to be very optimistic. Stephen, as always, a very illuminating conversation. I really hope we can do it again sometime soon. Look forward to it and all the best. Really appreciate the conversation, Chris. Thank you. Is dubious leadership, be it in government or at your workplace, giving you ulcers? Is anxiety taking a toll on your people? And spoiler alert, it probably is that it might be time to trust the experts at Morneau Chappelle. You can find them at MorneauChappelle.com. That's M-O-R-N-E-A-U-S-H-E-P-E-L-L.com. MorneauChappelle.com. And if it's time to stand up a wellness culture in your company, then let the folks at Nexus help. For more than 20 years, we've been helping clients with innovative solutions, programs, and products. You can find us at www.nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. And be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.